Hello and good morning. It is uh, Sunday the 10th of December. Only two more weeks, kids. This is the big kickoff. Good morning, everybody. Sunday, the 10th of December. This is the big kickoff here in Liffey Sounds 96.4. Good morning, Roy. Bugo, good morning. Is it a good morning, is it? <laughs> a bit of a slow one this morning, isn't it? I have uh, four words. Yeah. Met Aaron are useless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Woke up this morning waiting for this white Christmas. I was waiting to walk up here. It. Yeah. And uh, nothing but rain. Yeah, yeah. And the kids are going to be disgusted because they have snowmen in their head already. They're dreaming about snowmen. Like, uh, I'm sure somewhere is nicely snowed, but uh, unfortunately... Now, we only have the status, what is it, yellow? We hadn't got... We had orange yesterday. And, and then we went down to yellow. And yesterday morning, and then it changed to yellow, and now it's just nothing. Yeah, and it's not even... Now, maybe I was well wrapped up and I was well prepared when I first walked out, but I didn't feel that initial cold. No. Like, I felt colder yesterday afternoon walking around yeah. town. Yeah. No, um, I... It, it, I don't, you know, these yellow warnings, orange warnings, they just, it's, they don't know what they're, they? they don't know what they're doing. Well, to an extent, and in fairness, I have to say, lately, I thought they've been playing a decent game, but uh, we're, look, I think we're, we're just bitterly disappointed. We wanted snow today. We wanted to have our very first big kickoff snowman outside the car park there. Yeah. That, yeah, <laughs> we can always dream because uh, unfortunately it's after raining too much now, so it's not even going to stick. It kicks off. No, no, yeah. that's too, and it's getting too bright. Well, not bright Damn your natural bright, elements. Yeah, uh, but yeah, if you want to get in touch with us, our uh, text line is oh eight seven zero six two seven one three eight. Contact us on the big kickoff uh, ninety six point four gmail dot com or on Facebook or on Twitter. Our Twitter one, the only difference on Twitter is the big kickoff one. Yeah, and then just the big kickoff on uh, on our Facebook page. If you want to get in touch with us with anything, what have we got coming up on the show today? Well, today uh, obviously we have our normal sports news but we will be talking there's a few derbies on across yeah, the water yeah. today so we'll be talking about those and we will be talking about i suppose derbies around the world yeah and then the last thing we're going to have a very small uh, a little snippet back in time just purely because it came across a great piece uh, the other night about malaysia 97 20 years when um Brian Kerr and, and his many men went to Malaysia and ended up coming touring the world and, and uh, it's a, just a great piece it goes through all 18 of the squad where are they now what have they been up to because literally there's Damien Duff there's no surprise there no. but you'll know some of the other names probably from League of Ireland and other lads but it's interesting what some of them are up to but some of the insights into what they did and what they got up to you know especially in the current climate and the Irish situation you're kind of going yeah these are kids and this is what the kids are being asked to do it, it, you can't help but go back but uh, it's very interesting but anyway we're going to start it's Christmassy we're in Christmas time and we're going to start Irish so what have we got man uh, Ryan Sheridan his version of Walking in the Air oh. we're walking in the
about our version, huh? As he takes a mouthful of coffee. That was good. <laughs> <laughs> Insightful. Nice one. Yeah. Uh, ah, no, that was right. Sharing with Walking in the Air. Obviously, we, uh, we always go with Irish and we obviously festive themed uh, and a great version. But um, 96.4, Liffy Sounds, the big kickoff. Here we are. Just see where I switch back to DJ voice there for a split second. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Sunday the 10th of December. Good morning, everyone. And uh, I'm going to briefly go through our usual what we do when there's a big fight in the middle of the night because I, I I was up kind of half ready to go and I just I hadn't got it in me so I looked at the report and I'm so glad I didn't get up uh, we all talked about uh, Golovkin and Alvarez as a big big fight this year and a great matchup but Lomachenko and Rigado was just as much now it does, they're not headline grammars but the reason why for the boxing purist is they're arguably the, the best uh Amateur fighters of all time. Like Rigando, a couple of hundred fights. I think he's only lost one or two. Lomachenko the same. Yeah. Double gold medalist, the whole lot. And now they've gone into the pro game. Um, and Lomachenko is seriously regarded as arguably the best pound for pound at the moment. But Rigando went up two weights to take him on. And it's a big fight for them and big money fight. And obviously because they're not headline grabbers or whatever. But uh, by all accounts, yeah, six rounds unfortunately wasn't great. Um, very standoffish. Lamachenko was looking decent, but Rigando It was a retirement. Yeah, he was. He sat in the stool on the sixth round. He said it. Now he said it on the third round. I I looked further into it, and he did. He, you can see him. He says it like his hand and his wrist is at him. Um, now, if that's the complete reason, who knows? But um, and was this something that he brought into the fight? No idea. It, like I said, it was four in the morning, only a couple of hours ago. But Lamachenko got the victory. Uh, unfortunate, but it is what it is. But on the undercard, Michael Conlon went on. Again, another good victory. So hopefully in the new year, he's really going to start cranking it up a notch and start going up the levels and maybe get his own little belt wrapped around his waist. But he yeah. had another great win. Fairly convincing. Uh, by all accounts, the report, he was very comfortable all the way through. Um, James DeGale, massive shock defeat yesterday. What was supposed to be a, a, a tune-up fight against a guy called Caleb Truax from America. Uh, it was his first fight back in England in three years because he went back over he went over to the States and got himself a couple of cracking wins over the last few years and it was his fifth defence. It was all set for a nice little tune up hey remember me because he was gonna take the best of Britain on next next season uh, like next next year with the likes of your man Smith and Groves and all these other guys and Chris Eubank Jr. Yeah. And of course they took to Twitter almost immediately to hammer him, you know he's um, back in the pack. Yeah now. yeah so he's back in the pack with the rest of them and unfortunately he's not holding all the cards again. Now they'll still get it on because they're big money fights and this is what it is. But uh, I literally only got the last three rounds, and uh, yeah, it was fairly fifty-fifty as it was. So uh, I'm not going to comment further on that. Other than yeah, big shock for him anyway. Yeah. You could see he was good, absolutely good, and um, yeah, that's, that's the little fight. breaking news on the on the fight. And so that's the way it was. Mark Clattenburg. Oh Jesus! Um, now I I didn't get the whole. It's I. I'm not going to defend them, absolutely not. But you know the way us, us, us media people now, we have to have a bit of balance. The, I think the headline far, is far more controversial than what it really is. Like, yeah, don't get me wrong, it grabs the headlines like, I let Spurs lose the title. or it, it, It's kind of like he had a game, but what he kind of, if you look deeper into it and you really listen to him, now it's still a bit silly what he said, <clears throat> excuse me, but he kind of said something along the lines of, I wasn't going to get involved and really stamp down on the game. I kind of let Spurs lose their heads. And so the blame was on them and not on me. So he he basically admitted he should have sent two or three lads off. But he said if he had off, everyone would be talking about, uh, especially sports fans, oh, Mark Lattenburg lost the title because like, he sent off three of our lads. Mm. So he kind of let them 
Right. Let them go And he let it slide a bit But the, the headline's more sensational Okay well let's see What uh, Ian Roy had to say About Mark new favourite Some of the times I've been sitting in my front room And watched, I've watched Mark Clattenberg And to be honest Since then I've met him And we've had a chat He's, been, he's a pretty nice bloke But I've been sitting there thinking well, It's all about you isn't it It's all about you And when you listen to him saying He went in with a game plan Because he didn't want the headline of um, 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 Clattenberg, Clattenberg um, Cost Spurs the title that, there's there's something wrong about that. I I can't see how a referee can go into a game thinking about anything other than refereeing it in isolation. Mm. You know, if, if if people have to be sent off, they have to be sent off. You know, I I can't understand. Um, I, I, that that's baffling for me. What I'm just what I'm hearing him say there. You know, it's it when Hazard. I thought he's when, when, there's a bit there when he said when Hazard scored. I thought he was going to say I was relieved. <laughs> What a load of rubbish (laughs) I've just heard. So, say he doesn't send those Tottenham players off, they beat Chelsea and they win the league. How's his master plan work then? Mm. Honestly, he's he's saying something with hindsight that it all worked out because, no, actually, what if it had gone the other way? Would you then have come across and given an interview like that? Absolute. Do you think rubbish. he could do that because he's because it it did go right for him, so he can it say went, it now. So he can say it. But mm. would he have said that if Tottenham? Uh, uh, he should have sent three people off. He didn't send them off. Tottenham win the game and win the league. Of course he wouldn't. <laughs> that was Stevie Claridge who pipes up in, in, in at the end of anyone's yeah. over. Um, but referees are supposed to referee the game. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Like realistically, black and white. Yeah, he should have sent lads off and yeah, take your hit. Simple as that. You know, so they, it, they can blame you. Is it exactly what Ian Wright is saying? It's just talking about him and how how he's trying to a bit like pipe um, himself up a bit and say, "Listen, I'm a day wonderful." How well I and obviously, where is he now? Is he he's kind of head of refereeing in one of the money countries out yeah, in the oil yeah. states? So you know, it's one of these stereotypes. You know, when the foreign players go off to internationals and they kind of forget and they start waffling away to the media, and all of a sudden, yeah. oh, oh, we've made it back to England. Maybe it was one of these where he got comfortable and stuff. But yeah, now I can see his reasoning. I don't necessarily agree with it. <clears throat> but it is a little bit more sensational than what it really is. But at the same time, yeah, it, it's a bit grey and poly. Do you know the way he was kind of, oh, remember me? All right, David, like first yeah. name terms and whatnot. Listen, you're there to do a job. It's a thankless job and you just move on. But he always got a bit of stick. Doesn't he have tattoos from finals and everything on his... Does he? Yeah, he done the Champions League finally got a tattoo with the dates. and the Oh, t- I think And I think that, he yes. did... Another big final, I can't remember, but he has the two tattoos, and of course, he put them on the social media, and of course, he absolutely got battered. So, it doesn't, should. Yeah, so it doesn't take long for, uh, but yeah, a very, very strange thing to say, and it's one of them going off, ah, another ref trying to be remembered. Um, Premier League kickoff time for yeah. change under new broadcasting rules. It's just one. Is it just the one where they're going to start showing a few? Is it Saturday night games? Saturday night games. Yeah, mm. Premier League games will take place at seven forty-five p.m. <laughs> on Saturday I'm night <laughs> for the first time ever, two thousand nineteen, two thousand and twenty. What are you reading? Did I just see X Factor and Strictly. <laughs> they're going to be going up against them. Is oh it? yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, and that could be the end of the X Factor. That could be a lot of dads going shag off. I'm watching yeah. Liverpool and City, yeah. here, mate. Uh, but broadcasters are set to bid for the rights to show 200 live games across wow. the entire season. Up to 168 are in the current deal. Uh, I read another brief article on this. It's, it's, it's more than half of the fixtures, the entire fixtures. Oh. Yeah, it's like, I'm trying to do quick maths here. 10 matches, 38. There's 380 games in a season. 
So it's more than two. So it's going to be more than half of the game. So you pretty much might miss any of your team's games or yeah. whatever if you wanted yeah. it. So listen, it's crazy, isn't it? And I wouldn't mind as well. What, another two years away, the current deal is five billion. Yeah. How do you think the Friday night football is going? See, it's not too often. No. But it's a good buzz when it happens. Yeah. You know, we all, most of us are nine to five or something. If they leave it that way, mm. if they leave it as a every now and again, oh, oh, oh there's a match on Friday night. You yeah, know? exactly. If, but if it's a Friday every week. It's like, because um, we can talk about it now, because uh, we, we'll explain it maybe next week, but we've already done Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve. So I, I was going to, I was nearly said two weeks ago. Yeah. But. Liverpool Arsenal is on the twenty the twenty second, the yes, Friday. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of people are going to be finishing up for Christmas, and then you got a big game with Liverpool Arsenal that night. The pubs yeah. are going to be jammed. It's great. Um, Who will remember it though? Oh no, you probably won't. Probably but it's not. just great crack that you can. Oh, it's an excuse. Last oh, we're going to watch the game, love. You know, oh, it's Liverpool, babe. You know. Um, but Saturday nights, I'm not sure. I don't know whether it get me excited. Even if Liverpool were playing, it's just Saturday night. It's Saturday night. Saturday night has always been has always been sit down and chill out, or you're going out. Yeah You know yeah. So I mean The half five one Probably Is okay Yeah Because you can still get ready To go out after that Or yeah, yeah. you know So But Saturday TV Even though Saturday TV Is rubbish now Yeah <laughs> You know It's not as good as it used to be No You know we, I heard the team Tune music to um, Magnum P.I. the other night Brilliant <laughs> They don't make team tune music Like that Or anymore. moustaches there, There's no team tune music <laughs> Can you name it, a, a, a program there That you can go I love that team tune music Like real team tune Jesus Yeah on the spot You're catching me here uh, No Man, you have nee, that. Nee, 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 nee. Oh shoot me Night Rider And all Brilliant Are <laughs> uh, any of the BBC sport ones Back in the day Brilliant Back in the day But uh, yeah Saturday night it, just, it doesn't get me too excited Like you know no. We love our football Of course we do And you know, I'm not one of these. Oh, it's tradition. I, I, I like progression. I like new things. But Saturday just doesn't do it for me, mate. I'll be honest. And are you kind of the same? Yeah, I'm not. I don't think I'd be too bothered. Yeah. No, you'll have to watch it. Yeah, don't get me wrong. If it's Liverpool, of course I'm going to watch it. But it's just nah. if Liverpool, Everton are on, you're going to watch it. Yeah, of course. But if it's any other game, if, yeah. it's, if it's Liverpool, I don't know Huddersfield. You make mm. up. Uh, I should catch match of the day later on. Yeah, you know, so. it's going to ruin date nights for so many parents. Yes. Yeah, more divorces now. Screw you, Premier League. <laughs> <laughs> You're breaking up families. You're breaking up homes. Jeez, my throat's gone today. Any news? <clears throat> Any other news? Excuse me. Paolo Fonseca, Shakhtar Donetsk manager. Ah, Zorro. I don't know the full story behind the bet, but basically he dressed up as Zorro for the post... Yeah, previous before. Yeah, post-match interview <laughs> after Man City. Yeah. And it was just a normal thing. He had a big fat smile on his face, obviously, because they bet Man City. But was it a bet where he said he'd dress up it's, if they won? Or? It's a bit like Gary Lineker, except he decided he'd put clothes on. Yeah. <laughs> he said if they qualify through this group... Oh, it's qualify. Yeah, if they qualify through this group, uh, I think it was qualify mm. that he would dress up as zero. Of course, he walked in, big smiley head in him. Just Absolutely, in his little uh, little eye mask and the hair and the cape. He had it already, in yes, fair play to him, and he went yes, out and took did. it like a man. But it was, it was funny to watch... Um, but it's stuff like that we love, you know, because everything's so clean and yeah. broken down and sanitised now. So more the same. Everything's so stuff. professional. Sometimes yeah. you just need that little bit of And it. it's nothing hugely fantastic, but that's making headlines now because it just goes to show you how boring a lot of the interviews can be. So it was great to watch anyway. Um, I have uh, nothing else there, David. So oh, for now? <laughs> will we go for an, Just a go? very quick one then, because obviously we've about a minute before the ads, but just because I, I know you'll probably have a rant if you if you haven't known about it already. Michi, 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 bloody names. Bashway, the Belgian striker with yes. Chelsea. Same yesterday sitting on the bench. No. Rubbing his face with a hot water bottle. No. Are you getting wound up? 
Why did you I can see your eyes lighting up here. But he's just, ha- the internet just came alive within seconds of it. What was he putting in hot water back It was in cold. Thing? Shut up. Was that what it? <laughs> was that it? Yeah. A joke. There he was, and his nice big hot water bottle on his hands, and he's rubbing it around his neck and shoulders and on his face when he's sitting on the bench. And they let him. <laughs> Maybe he snuck it out. I don't know. I just, as soon as I seen him, I have to tell Roy this tomorrow. I hope he doesn't see it. I hadn't seen that. That's... Yeah. Do you want to rant about it now? <laughs> the seats not warmed up for him and everything they already. Probably, actually, yeah, there probably are heated seats nowadays, yeah. especially at Chelsea. Yeah, Come most on. Most of them do have heated yeah. seats. Turn around and stick your face against the chair then. Oh, or sitting it and then but yeah, but yeah, there he is. He getting absolutely happy. You, listen, you'll you'll come across it on social media eventually because it's just, it was all get, over the place. I don't get these lads putting tights on. I don't get. <laughs> I can understand gloves at a certain point of the year. Go grand if if it's going to actually. That was you. a rant I never got to last Saturday. Like these new millennials, like us grumpy old men that we are now. Yeah, uh, you had like or maybe I did. I can't remember. Did I? Maybe I did. No. But Liverpool were playing Bright- Brighton. Yeah, it's December. It's going to be chilly. Yeah. But there was only two players who had the gloves on, and that was like Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain and Dominic Solanke, two good old British boys who should be well used to it. And, yeah. And the worst thing was Solanke had short sleeves on, but then his little his little his gloves. gloves. Oh my ass. But there's Coutinho for me. And you know, all the African boys, Manny and the whole lot, not no bothering them at all. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I let them away with gloves, all right? Because if you <laughs> yeah, do have yeah. cold but hands, but it's just funny that it was. But I, I don't get tights, and I don't. <laughs> and do you know what I hate? Did these, you? these snugs? I hate snugs. Oh, the snoods, snoods. Yeah, 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 yeah. Terrible. I hate them. What hate about them. now? During a game or just in general? Yeah, even in training. Because I have to say, it's my godsend when I play golf the last couple yeah oh is it's it fantastic yeah well, I mean, it's just that little gap but yeah it serves a purpose but yeah not on the tra- not on the pitch no. yeah it's a, it's a bit much see when you're yeah no when you're, <laughs> when you're playing football the, you're, you're getting warm you should be warm within but no this time. thing Solanke came off the bench so he would have been head to toe on all his gear running up and down the line and then all of a sudden he comes out and it was the short sleeve short that yeah. got me wound up going oh christ he's one of these yeah yeah, yeah. Anyhow, but he'll probably yeah, I wasn't cold it was just fashion or the, something the, you know t- the tights thing I did you see the uh, is it Lingard and Rashford yesterday the no. YouTube brigade as they, they're slowly becoming they had matching jackets and all yesterday oh, oh man I'm going to leave it at that uh, <laughs> we're going to go to a break and we'll be back with more Welcome back. <laughs> 96.4. Lippy Sounds is the big kickoff. That was uh, Chuck Berry with Run Run Rudolph from what famous film? Christmas movie? Oh, yeah, it was a Home Alone. Yeah, classic. Yeah. Is that your favourite? Well, one of your favourites? One of favourites, yeah. yeah. It is now. I always have to have film. pizza with, uh, with Home Alone. It winds Jackie up because you know the way they have pizza at the start? Yeah. And you always have your food at the start of the movie. I know you always enjoy eating pizza at the same time as them. <laughs> it's very hard to, to talk about what. Uh, home Alone without going Kevin oh. <laughs> or it goes into your head straight yeah. away Kevin. and what's shocking why are they not in jail how can you forget <laughs> a kid how can you forget a kid it doesn't matter how many well it was that little bring me back something French see he was in the but yeah we, listen there's no point we all know there's the beauty of the movie and the movies but at the same time the dad winds me up it was like yeah see ya I'm going to stay here with the other kids. Like, yeah, instead of going, yeah. no, you stay, love. I'll do all the runner. It was, I love that bit. It's like, yeah, now obviously the mother's love and everyone, blah, blah, blah. But he's like, say it. <laughs> so mom's care and dad's down. Is that a, yeah. It's the wrong signal to send out. Do you know how much money I pay for this holiday? <laughs> I'm staying. <laughs> Screw Kevin. <laughs> Kevin's only a little... Sh- <laughs> 
Okay. Uh, Christian Bentegay. Okay. 2 2 yesterday. Yes. Uh, another name who I am not got Miljelovic or whatever, the guy in the middle. He scored a penalty during the game. And it was 2 2, 93rd minute. They got another penalty. Bentegay went over and took it off and said, I'm taking it. And done as usual, nonchalant. The only way he does his little jump up in the air. Yeah. And yeah. just slots it in. Missed. Missed. Would have won out 3 2. Oh, Massive win. No. Uh, I just wanted to mention, just because it, the stuff like that would wind you right up. And I'm, I, I know you love usually finding a fan's rant, but I guarantee it would have been Eagles fans on some radio channel. But do you know who I blame? Absolutely bonkers. It's Roy Hodgson's fault. Yeah, but deep down, yeah. You have to have a penalty taker. That, you're the penalty taker. There should be no, no, none of this disagreeing. At any of these managers who let these lads, oh, leave it to them, let them yeah. start to do. Don't let them yeah. start to do. These are big kids yeah. who are getting loads of money. Go and organise your team and put the penalty t- 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 takers, put your free kick takers, your corner kick takers. Idiots. Now. I don't know where to go. <laughs> but I don't understand that. I cannot I'm sorry. understand I'm sorry. Right? Understand I'm sorry. That. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. 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 That reminds me of the in-betweeners. Remember when he says bus bankers? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, but yeah, uh, there was definitely would have been rants galore because like three points for them is gold. Absolute gold. And... You know, at the end of the season, stuff like that, it's oh, going that, to be remembered. That, I mean, but even Skipper, why is the Skipper going? He, listen, he's already taken one and he scored. Good luck. Yeah. You know, ah, man, yeah. ridiculous. And of course, uh, our good old trusted friend, Nick, did you see his text yesterday? Yes. Yeah, the fickleness. He, he's already, like, he's been over here for for long enough now. The fickleness of a football fan. They're now going to win the league again after 5 1 win yesterday. But it's the same as us. We're going to win the Champions League now, you know? But of course, they, they went through a really rocky spell in the yeah. last few weeks. Yeah. A rocky spell for them because it's been so c- consistent. Yeah. You know, it yeah. really has been a rocky spell yeah. for them. But you're going to get that. And yeah. I think for anyone. Any of the top six, if you want yeah. to call them top six, your priority has to be just to get into the Champions League mm. and obviously try and challenge for the league. If you win the league, you win the league. If you don't and, and you put a challenge together. Isn't it, it weird the way it's almost coming like it's a secondary target, the title? It's not that it's a secondary target. But for maybe some of them. Like I suppose maybe Liverpool, Spurs and Arsenal, it's more, probably secondary, do you think? It's, it's, it's more important not to lose out on the top four. Yeah, then win the league. It's a bit sad like that, isn't it? It's a bit sad like because yeah. there's so much money involved. Yeah. You know, now, obviously everyone wants to win the league, mm. but when you see City getting so many points ahead, yeah. but then you're going, oh, we need to stay down top four. Yeah. It has to be yeah. because it's just so a very funny. quick one, just to jump in. It's something that will probably gather a bit of speed at some point. But FIFA are getting in on the act of potentially a war league for international, say like the UEFA Nations League, but yeah. they're looking at potentially doing something with. The club world championship and making it a bit where it could be 16. Now, I don't know whether it'll be a tournament in the summer or whether it'll be, I don't know how they're going to do it, but they're looking at it as well. Yeah, I um, So there could be like a, a world champions league, but it'll be the same thing. It won't be just the champions. It'll be, it could be two or three teams from England, say, per se. Or, I don't know exactly, but I only seen a little snippet of it during the week. But the fact that they're talking about it, it's very much watch this space, you know? How, did it fit? How are they going to fit these things in? This is the whole thing. I have no idea. Is it going to be every two years? Is it going to be like when there's no. European championships I think but there could be other continental championships but I think it's going to be like a two or three week window somewhere 
at the end of a season like the think, end of a season I think so it's, it's going to be almost like a little mini World Cup with clubs in, in between World Cups and stuff. yeah I think so as I said it's literally only popped into my head as we're talking there but we'll find it and we'll talk about it potentially at some stage but we'll probably talk about it if it becomes real but they are looking at it and it's, it's a definite true story FIFA are kind of alright we need to get in on this I don't know how I feel about it yeah it'll be very strange no I do want you often look at when you see the Champions League and you kind of say well whoever wins the Champions League is more or less every year the best team in the world because Pretty most much. of the players are there actually the FIFA Club World Cup is on at the moment um, is uh, it yeah, started, um, it? Now it was only the, the kind of lesser nations played yesterday yeah. um, but uh, Gremio are the South American and Real Madrid obviously are the European uh, entrance they I think it's Tuesday and Wednesday they're in them semi-finals so it'll be next weekend will be potentially Gremio versus <laughs> Real Madrid now you never know sometimes the odd I think one or two years over the last few years the, the South American team have been knocked out um, by potentially Central America. I think the Mexicans won, got to the final one time. Um, but yeah, it's it's coming on at the moment. Uh, Real Madrid had their game yesterday. They battered Sevilla 5-0 and then they flew straight out to... Jay-Z, I think uh, being who we are, we know where it is. I think it's... Okay, whatever, I'm going to move on. Okay. But somewhere out in Central Asia somewhere. So yeah. Okay. I see Harry Potter popping up on the screen for the last five minutes. What's going on? Oh my god. Shh, shh. Once upon a time, <laughs> there, used, there lived a little boy called Harry Potter. <laughs> good morning, this is Bookline. <laughs> <laughs> so th- th- that is such a good uh, for a movie. Isn't that it? is just iconic. John Williams is a G- He is probably one. Mo- it's only now I'm going to say it, but realistically, he is one of the greatest musicians ever. 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 In all music. To, to have songs like that that catch your imagination yeah. straight away. Brilliant. So do anyway. tell why have we got uh, Harry Potter in the background, my friend? Well, Harry Potter. We all know Harry Potter. Everyone knows it, the books, the films, and all that sort of stuff. But there's a sport in Harry Potter. Correct. Quidditch. Quidditch. And Ireland are actually in the books. Ireland are actually one of the best teams. Oh, are, 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 are yeah, we were, we were, we were, well, the, the, uh, yeah, no, it was the final. They were playing, uh, I think it was Bulgaria, Victor Crumb, the star, the star man. I've read them. Uh, <laughs> but Ireland, uh, I think we're in the World Cup final. Uh, they were at the, yeah, and then obviously the Dementors came and wrecked everyone's fun. <laughs> But you got I'm 37. Yeah, 37. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm a real boy. Okay, so basically, so, yeah. <laughs> the reason why is because the real life Quidditch World Cup is going to be set in Trinity College. Oh, yeah. Now, says the winner of the tournament will qualify for the European Quidditch uh, Cup, which take place in Germany next year. The teams competing so far are Dublin. The Dublin. What's that? Driochta. Driochta Dragons Quidditch. Driochta is magic, I think. I am so sorry if it's not. Yeah, all right. We should, maybe we shouldn't have talked about this. Northern Weavers Quidditch from Belfast help. and Galway Grindelows. Grindelows. So it's in All Ireland, even though. Oh, no, it's Quidditch World Cup. Oh, so this is the Irish qualifiers. I'd say this is the qualifiers. Apologies. To Apologies. go to the European. Uh, how, how can they fly? I, I, they must run around. So they don't fly. So. I don't know. They're imposters. Or is there real wizards? That's a good question. We will have to find out. We, maybe we'll go. The event I, takes I place on go January the 20th and they need volunteers to help ensure the event runs smoothly. And yes, this is a real thing. And if there's nothing like the movies, it'll be quite an occasion. And that's the Quidditch World Cup because you can see uh, Ginny is wearing the old... Uh, oh, the Irish hat. She's wearing the leprechaun hat. Yes. So, 
Anyhow, that's interesting. Hopefully no death eaters. Yeah, that's the yeah. the matter. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully. So that, that's, that's. I think we need to have a look at this in the new year because uh, what day? What day? Oh, it doesn't 20th, matter. Twentieth. Yeah, right. I think we, that's something we have and to look at. It's in Trinity at. College, so because uh, it'll just be so interesting. If it was real, different. I'd love to see some people flying around the we'll magic brew. We'll have to go in and get some footage. Uh, so you've read all the books, have you? Yeah. Now, basically, I don't know. I wouldn't have read them, obviously, when they were first released, because it would have been a slow burner, and eventually, through popular demand, and everyone starts getting on them. But I'd say the last three or four, I would have got them on the day of release. Like, like I remember my sister, because like the, 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 my two nieces would have been kind of in the mid-teens, so Harry Potter would have been huge. Yeah. And I remember staying up till after midnight. Like, I made her go for me. Cause, oh, did you? Yeah. But I was, because I lived around the corner from her, and... She knocked on me window and I opened me window. She didn't even open the door. She just handed me book through the window and that was it. And I stayed up for a couple of hours. No way. <laughs> uh, I have to say, I've, I haven't read any of them. I've yeah. read, read little bits and pieces yeah. of it, but uh, Adam is reading them now. And he, it's an incredible story he, he how it something. just came from nothing. Like She was literally next to finished. Her career was over. And it was a bit of inspiration on a train. I don't know the exact story, but just a bit of an inspiration on a train back up to Edinburgh. And she just started scribbling away. And, and then... It's, she is now a billionaire and trolling Donald Trump like nobody yes, else. Yeah. It's just brilliant. Um, Robbie Savage. Oh, was good for a, a soundbite. Yeah, he was on and he was talking about uh, what Robbie Savage uh, would buy from his first big paycheck. So let's have a listen. Oh, yeah. I can't explain it. It was, it was bizarre. Like you're borrowing money off your mum one minute if like to get some jeans or a, on a new shirt. And then... You're on four thousand pound a week, and mm-hmm. I, I remember my, I had a little fiesta, and I, it was, I crashed it, and I, I thought, "What can I buy?" So I bought a pink Porsche. You crashed it. What pink Porsche? My mum tells a story. You went from a fiesta to a pink yeah. Porsche. So when I signed for Leicester, so I remember I signed for Leicester, and I went there with my agent, my dad. Anyway, on the way home, I went past this garage, and, and you was, saw a pink yeah. Porsche. So my mum tells a story. She said, "This lad." No, they met him. Yeah, this lad drives me mad. He said he left our little house in Wrexham. In a white fiesta, he turned up in a bloody pink Porsche. <laughs> Wait, why, Four hours later. Why did you get a pink one? No idea. It was there. It bright pink. It was like purely pink, like All a right. big purple. Uh, pink how much? Right off Katie Price. No, no, it was about. Um, it was a second-hand one. Mm-hmm. It was about sixty grand. Oh whoa! Yeah, yeah. and it, well, the thing is, if I can imagine a rich shop. Here he comes, lads. Uh, yeah. <laughs> here yeah. he comes. It was... hey, we'll get rid of this. To this, he's <laughs> coming in now. That's savage. He'll buy this. He'll buy this. And it was like because. I've now always loved cars. It was like, this is it. We're on finance. All my cars have always been on finance. I would never go and spend hundred and all grand on a car and pay the cash. I've had finance like everybody else does, I, yeah. I think, don't they? I think they do. Yeah. Yeah, so because when you're earning that much money, Matthew, and it's bizarre, it's the most bizarre thing. And listen, I don't want to be big headed because I'm not. No. But when you've gone from having nothing, borrowing money, to having going in shops where you can just say, I'll have that, 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 don't look at the price tags, it's when you go to like the next level of money which for me was quite a lot more mm-hmm. in terms of when I played regular in the Premier League you you look, you look don't look at things in the shop that I'll have that 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 my wife's completely different she looks at prices I'm back to where I was at the beginning now yeah. But, yeah. but when you're earning bringing home 70 80,000 pound a month yeah how much well at the times you're thinking of Premier League players yeah. in my day you're bringing home 70 80,000 pound a month 
money is just it's just a different world and so the first big it. paycheck yeah. you went out and bought a pink, pink porsche, porsche yeah. as your salary say? went as your salary uh, what did you say? What did the lads say when you rock well, up what in a pink what do, you, what do you think? Who is this clown here? Who is this fool? No, before the Porsche. <laughs> <laughs> but it blew up the same night. I bought it. What, the Porsche? Yeah. Oh, that was a bonus, yeah, wasn't it? It, got rid of it? It blew up. The engine went in the oh. first night. I had it. Incredible. But never mind. So they that did see you coming. It blew up in shame because he seen himself in a window and he realised he was pink. <laughs> but doesn't show you like the the money that like he making. just slipped out there seventy to eighty grand a month, and I just said to you like. That's obviously probably closely to what he was earning. And even now, that's chump change nowadays. Yeah. But even now, to me, that's almost like oh, 70 to 80 grand a, a month. month is sitting in your bank account. And they're getting that a week now. Phenomenal. Isn't it? It, it is. It is. It's just phenomenal. A and when we, we, we look at football and we get upset by it and we talk about it, and obviously we feed that yeah. industry. But they're just millionaires playing football. And it just goes to show you. That's another reason why they're so detached from us. Yeah. They're on a different planet, not even the next planet. They're way ahead of us. Not, not all of them. Oh, yeah. No, they're still humble people, yeah, but I it just goes to show you just where they are and why they... It's 70 to 80 grand. But as he said there, borrowing a couple of quid at Mac, you know, borrow five, we're going to borrow ten, and then there you go, there's four grand, your first mm. pay packet. Well, yeah. yeah. It's it, must just, be, it must be a great position to be in. Yeah. But if you can... Dangerous as well, when you think and, about it. And just like we were talking about Conor McGregor, yeah, who, who has your circle is so gone important. from nothing to, you know, a multi, multi, multi millionaire. I suppose you can go a bit crazy at times. Just briefly, because I don't want to talk about it too much, and I know you don't want to, yeah. but I know you posted up yesterday on a Facebook page. It's gathering legs, isn't it? It was a rumour, and I think I briefly mentioned it in one of the shows during the week. Pacquiao. But, yeah, but yeah. apparently he's reached out to him. Am I right in saying that, Pacquiao? Yeah, yeah they're, they're actually, there's, there's people talking to people about it. Right, we we'll leave it at that because they're, I'm gonna. Well, I'm gonna make a statement here. I don't think I'm gonna. I'm, we're not gonna get into any great debates or do any specials on it no, because we're not gonna talk. I don't want to advertise it for this because I think we we. It's listen. Fool it, me once, if, shame on me. Fool me twice, yeah. can't get fooled again. <laughs> George Bush, remember? <laughs> but if it, if it does go down that line, like if if Conor McGregor went into boxing and worked his way up through and then fought yeah. the best, yeah. you go right, fair enough. But you know these are just money fights, and you don't even know if they're real fights. So. Yeah, that is our. May, uh, McGregor, McGregor a special because you'll never get much more airtime on that listen we're going to go through a quick break and we'll come back with a bit more And that was that. That was the old Beastie Boys for everybody here. Did you enjoy that? Good morning. <laughs> I'll wake you up if, you, mm-hmm. if you're only just in. Yes, Slippy Sounds, 96.4. Our number is 0876271138 if anyone wants to get in touch. Uh, big Kickoff, 96.4 gmail.com. Big Kickoff 1 on Twitter. Big Kickoff Facebook. Um, Katie Taylor. Yes. Uh, unification fight on Wednesday. Yeah, you only told me that. Nice and quiet, whisper. I, I knew she was, yeah. a fight was coming up, but I didn't realise it was midweek. We're now getting into a great debate. It... it like us Irish, we love our sport, but it, why, why is why, why is Oregon Pro still very quiet? Is it? Ah, no, it's not. Is it? No, but it, like, that's a... Is it because it's female boxing and it, it, it's not the same height as men, but if, 
I'd like to think if it was a world title fight on Wednesday for one of ours and a unification title fight. Now, in fairness, as I'm saying this out loud, Ryan Burnett, who we're going to talk about later on, mm. he's two belts. He's two world titles. Yeah. And a lot of people go, who's he talking about? Who? Yeah. So I suppose maybe it's just boxing in general. Maybe that's the stature it has at the minute. That it just feels like it to me. Now, I'm a sports fan and so are you. And so, of course, we know about it and we know it's on. But it just, do you know what I mean? When they break out of the bubble. Yeah, of their own. It's it just. I don't think it's quite happened yet, which is a bit of a pity. It, it's for the Katie Taylor thing. Katie at the moment has been on the back of male, yes, yeah. male main cards. Hmm. So even this one on Wednesday. No, she's the headline. This is she's it. The headline. This is her show. But there hasn't been a big. Push now he was struggling it. to get a top venue. Now it's in the York Hall, which is about fifteen hundred. Now it's a it's a well known and it's top famous uh, boxing venue in England and it's in the York Hall in London and it's on Wednesday and obviously Wednesday's not one of the sexy nights or whatever but she wants another fighting before Christmas uh, your woman McCaskill she's from Jessica McCaskill from um, from the US she has I don't know which she's one of the belts does she? I don't know which one she has uh, Katie has WBA anyway um, I think McCaskill has one of the other ones but um, yeah they're the headline act I think there's one or two Irish lads uh, on the card as well but it's just kind of crept up again, you know. Um, now, obviously, we'll talk a bit more about it later on, but just just to let people know that it's out there. It's on Wednesday. It's on Sky Sports. Eddie Hearn. There was rumours of trying to get somewhere in Ireland at the time, but it just wasn't working. Um, so the big fight in 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 the summer is probably going to happen. I'd say over here because it could the likes of Colin, Conlon, Barnes, Burnett, Frampton. There's loads of guys. You're not going to get them all in the one car because obviously you have different promoters. But it'd be great if you had an all Irish one like the way he does it in England. He'll have a big belt in the Liverpool Echo Arena. Of course, there's four or five scouses on it. Same in Sheffield or same in London or whatever. So it'd be great if Hearn could maybe talk to potentially one or two other promoters because obviously he wouldn't be loaded himself at Irish. But it'd be great if you could get four or five. Of, of the biggest names and have a big one you'd easy I'm not saying Croker or the Aviva but there's no reason why obviously the train ran easily it'd sell out but you could go a bit bigger just make a big event though. you could go bigger even Tala like you know you're talking 20,000 again you use the stands because they'll have the new stand yeah, yeah. and the, the pitch it's easy to get 15,000 no problem so it'll be interesting but that's on Wednesday but it's another girl who's calling her out because everyone's getting in on the train she was on the undercard last night of Michael Connor's name is Michaela Moyer and the reason why that could be interesting is because our trainer is Billy Walsh oh very interesting yeah. very who obviously would know Katie Taylor inside yeah. out as well so that could be one I know, I'm going to be honest I don't know how she did last night I'm going to t- take it for granted she might have won but uh, she's definitely uh, wants to get in on the act for next year with Katie Taylor if she looks after McCaskill on Wednesday but that'd be an interesting one obviously because Billy Watts a clever man he's done a good job at, down at the US Amateur Boxing as well as obviously masterminding our, our own so yeah that could be an interesting one so there is there is boxes out there I think that might be the fear with Katie Taylor is there anyone that can uh, I mean, your man- hold a candle to her Hearn is doing his best to try and mm. drum up a bit of interest in boxing again. He puts her all in the big cards. Yeah, and he you puts know. her all on, on the mob. But he is actually trying to, he is probably the best out there at the mm. moment at getting main events looked at. And mm. obviously he has to sell them. Oh, He's the main man this side of the Atlantic anyway, without a shadow of a doubt. Is. Um, I, I just don't know if there's the fights that are there to actually promote. Now, there's a great chance of a domestic one with Natasha Jonas girl from Liverpool who she would have been in her weight division and she fought many times in the amateur stats she's gone pro now and I'd say within two or three fights I'd say they'll put her out every other month to potentially get a decent she could be the main card for the homecoming fight so to speak maybe and 
it'll be somebody that people in the boxing game will definitely know but other people on the outside oh, I kind of remember that girl because she would have been on a few TV things over the years because she was she was in the London Olympics so I'd say that could potentially be the big headline fight for Taylor when eventually it happens and yeah. she comes home to Ireland next year yeah. but uh, she's under Heron as well so he'll he'll. I'd say it'll be nicely built up if it's in Ireland you'll hear about it oh absolutely so yeah. that's that one Bradley Wiggins right right he I didn't realise they do these type of things and they're all Olympians there but rowing he's trying to get to Tokyo in 2020 in rowing is he now he is 37 at the moment right so he'd be 40 right I don't even know if Redgrave went to 40 right and he's trying to make the Olympics now he did he was a respectable 21st in this there was 200 men in these fancy row machines in and ironically it was in the Lee Valley Velodrome where he won his 2012 medals uh and it's the quickest over 2,000 metres, which is right. the standard distance in the, in the in the big round. Now, there was a small problem. He thought it was a false start, so he kind of stopped for a couple of seconds. Oh. So he actually would have probably finished a lot higher. Right. So it's quite respectable considering the top yeah. four, I think, were all the current Olympic rowers. Okay. So he's not shoddy. He's 21 out of 200, so he's not shoddy. But I'm still thinking you're getting older every year and by 2020. Now, if he can make it, good luck to him, but... I just think, listen, you know, the buzz is gone, mate. Let it go. And there's new up-and-coming rowers. You could be potentially taking their spot because the people behind rowing might go, let's try and fit them in. This is, this is sexy for our sport. This can make us a couple of quid. Is there a fitting in, though? I mean, you have to reach a level. Yeah. So if, if you don't reach a level, you're not in. Mm. And if the young people, whoever is the new up-and-coming yeah. rowers, if they're not at the level, well, then they don't yeah. deserve to no, Don't get me wrong. If, if it's a very strict qualification process and he makes it I'll say fair enough but it's yeah. just I've always thought it was I always thought with Rome I know, I'm, like I'm sure there is but let's face it like all committees even at Luke and United level all the way up there's always somebody going this this could be good for us Will we let's try and find a way mm. can we I, that's what I'd be fearful of if he's good enough good luck but is it him kind of trying to fill the void because obviously he do, he's, not, he's, he's not strong enough for, for cycling anymore and you yeah. never know but it could be for obvious reasons yes. because uh, his TUEs are they're getting dodgier every, the, the longer it goes on the these exemptions for these drugs yeah. that he got it's just dodger and dodger and they were only they were literally before and after when he won everything it was just it's it's, it's awful timing and it does put a bit of a cloud but he, it's weird but, but there's always that there's always that yeah haze, but no matter you know. what in cycling for the next 20 years whoever wins you're going to go I'm sure he's on drugs like, yeah. that's, that's what's going to happen but it's just I don't know what it is when I first I didn't know anything about it and I was like ah, seriously come on mate let it go now obviously it was fairly respectable yesterday but I don't know I just Go out with style. You think? Put, 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 put your knowledge back into the cycling game. I think there's two sides to it, though. Yeah. The, one side is, okay, listen, you've had your day. You, mm. you know, but the other side is, you're not dead either. Mm. You know, challenge yeah. yourself. So, I mean, I, I mean, if he's good enough, he's good enough. Yeah. As you said, as long as he's not thrown in because he yeah, is. Yeah, as long as it doesn't become political and somebody thinks this could be a good thing for us and gives us exposure. Yeah, if he's good enough, yeah, fine. I'll go with that, mate. I'll agree with you there. I'll go with it. But it's just... At the moment, it's like maybe watch this space, but yeah. he's 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 fancy. It's like Ferdinand. It's gone quiet now, but remember he starts. He's with the boxing with thing. the boxing. You're like, all right, mate. Enjoy your training. Boxing's a bit different, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, and Munster got a great win yesterday, thirty three ten. But the internet is going crazy over Simon Zebo's celebration. Do you remember the famous little shimmy that Pardew done 
Yes. Was it the cup final? Yeah. Basically, it's very similar. That's when they went 1 0 up in the cup. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's the cup final against Liverpool, wasn't it? Yeah. But basically, Zebos was almost the exact same. So check out the internet, Twitter, and think goes bananas. Oh, Zebos done the parody on the course. Within seconds, the two dancers are up together, and it's like the two of them are in sync. It's very funny, actually. But uh, yeah, very convincing win over Leicester. So they're top of that group. Uh, just a quick, I just noticed this actually. Uh, Shane Lowry and Graham McDowell. Yes. They're starting the final day with a shared lead. Yeah, the PGA Tour, yeah. Yeah, um, and it's a big you know, field you know it's, it's coming up to the end of the year and you're thinking lads are petering out and stuff like that but uh, a couple of the names that are up there like it's it's a very 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 strong field like some of the boys that weren't that were at Tigers tournament last week might have been in it but it doesn't matter it's a proper PGA Tour event with proper players so it's it's not one of these ah yeah they won it by default it's the top of the page and we'll cool. see what happens yeah, cool. big money and obviously Ryder Cup qualification has already started so for the world points this is big news yeah because yeah, so, yeah. as much as we love the Ryder Cup it's always nice when we have one around in it. and obviously McElroy will and should be and will be there barring injury but it'd be nice to get one or two more in and Lowry it'd be great to see Lowry in because he just missed out on the last one so yeah. nice to see him in there that, that, uh, hot and cold isn't he mm. I mean, Le- but it's a mad Le- game Le- golf is a, is a mad game, game. It's it so is, exclusive yeah. Yeah. like only the top 100 make proper money and then even in the top 100 you know you might win once every other year sometimes some lads in the top 100 don't even win at all no. But they're just consistently top 10 and top 20. And, and like, imagine the money up, yeah. being a millionaire and go, what did you win? Well, not, not really. really I, a lot, yeah. 58 top 10 finishes. <laughs> like, you know, it's mad. Did you see Jack Kennedy? Did you see yesterday? No. I didn't. I have to. We'll, we'll put up the video later on the Facebook page. But there's a contender for for to go against them. Literally, fight, yesterday, it practically happened again. Another guy, practically dead on his feet, about to get trampled by doors, got back on again. But Jack Kennedy's is outrageous. Oh, is it? Yeah. No, I've seen Jack, I've seen Jack Kennedy's and I thought that was unbelievable. Yeah. Now, the other style is as good, but I, don't, I still don't think it's on a par with Jack Kennedy, but it's just ridiculous. It's that. just like horse racing techers, is it? <laughs> <laughs> maybe oh, I'm going to show him up <laughs> but yeah it, it, Jack Kenny's unreal he, he basically his feet hit the ground or one of them hit the ground did he in the end or? Not, he was sideways he was sideways anyhow he was around nearly at the, the front of the mm. horse at one stage did he win the race I think I think he did I think he did I think he won the race in the end like it was yeah. about three or four fences to go hit it his foot came off uh, off the bridle or stirrup I should say and uh, one foot managed to stay on and that's basically what kept him on but it, obviously because the horse was going at such a speed he uh, ended up sideways and yeah. apparently you could see the guy beside him he slows up and almost gives him a chance and somehow he pulls himself back up and uh, yeah he goes on to win the race it's fantastic um, Louis Oosthuizen is out of his home tournament next week out of his home out of his home tournament Johannesburg Open um, a tragic airport accident what happened do you know the trolleys when they're all stacked up together yeah well, anyway, he's putting his trolley back in and he crushed his fingers between the handles of the oh, two trolleys. No. And he can't grip the, the club or nothing. So, yeah. That's easily happened. Yeah. <laughs> Probably looking back on, yeah, but which you now. It's like I was trying to get the coffee cup out there. There was a holder starting. It was a struggle. They, some of them are really tightly packed. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, these poor golfers in their precious hands, just something simple like that. Like, I suppose when they're living at home are they a bit like that oh can you get that because you know what if I bore myself and she's going Jesus Christ him and his bleeding hands <laughs> yeah. but these are my tools loving you know? <laughs> just tiny things like, well, can you cut me fingernails just in case I cut my finger and I can't hold the club like you know I'd say, is, uh, would there be a few precious golfers do you think like that out I there I think if, you, if you've always been involved in a, a sport like football or anything like that you know the kind of little injuries or stuff that can 
you know, keep you out for a week or two. You don't quite think of the ones. You, you, you often get banged on your hands and stuff yeah. like that. You don't often think of how that would affect you if you were yeah. a golfer. Or I always remember a good old mono. We were playing some five-a-sides there a couple of years ago, and uh, within the first week, they started getting tasty because it started to be dissimilar teams. And mono was on ours, and I think he got put against the wall. I was like, no. Nope. I'm out because he puts hands up and he's like, they're my tools, lads. What if we get oh, put no. up against the wall? I'm out. <laughs> now they got tasty because there's a couple of old guard lads who man forcing them ball. Oh, geez, sorry, you are right. And you're looking up going, yeah, I know what you did, pal. So uh, poor El Mono bailed out because, uh, yeah, his hands are his tools, you know. He didn't want to get put up against the wall. <laughs> <laughs> That's for you, Philip. <laughs> so we're going to go to a song. Uh, what are we coming back with? Are we going to go back to, the, are we going to kick off with the derbies? I think we'll talk about the derbies. Yeah, we'll kick off with the derbies because you've got a nice piece on it as well. Yeah. So we're going to go with uh, Greg Lake and I believe in Father Christmas. And this always reminds me of the, because obviously the instrumental side of it is always um, for the month of December on Sky Sports. Yeah, in the background yeah. kind of thing, yeah. So I mean, enjoy. Back to Liffey Sound 96.4 FM, the you big sw- kickoff. You swallowed your muffin quicker than mine, that's why. <laughs> that sounds so wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Christmas, it's everyone. It's be like merry. that children's book we just read uh, or listened to. <laughs> oh, yeah. Don't say. Okay. So we're going to go on to derbies because across the water today, the Merseyside Derby and the Manchester Derby are on. They thought it was going to be off, but uh, maybe it looks like it looks snow, like it's more than likely going ahead anyway. Yeah, it looks like there was a bit of a trap, but yeah. So we had a little look at, I suppose, derbies that around the world. So that the top ten derbies in, around the world. But we all claim that ours is the biggest, you know, but. What is perceived as the biggest ones in the world, really? Yeah, well, I mean, there's so many. Of course, there is unbelievable amount of uh, derbies. But anyhow, this is uh, the top ten, I suppose, deadliest derbies, and we'll talk about. Now, some probably aren't so deadly, but that's where we can come in afterwards. And funny enough, none of today is making none of this. either of them out today. None are in the top ten. No. <laughs> anyhow, awesome. Here we go. And this is the top ten deadliest derbies. Number ten, Dortmund versus Schalke. The battle for dominance in the Ruhr region of Germany is the spiritual hotbed of German football. Two massively and passionately supported clubs, both claiming to be the true club of the German people. The rivalry originally stems from a dispute between the miners of Schalke and the beer brewers of Dortmund. Number 9. Arsenal versus Spurs. The North London rivalry has escalated dramatically in recent decades. Perhaps best encompassed by the vitriolic treatment received by Sol Campbell after he left White Hart Lane to don the red of Arsenal. As Jack Wilshere's cheerleading demonstrated, it's a rivalry that means plenty to both fans and players alike on both sides. Number 8. Ajax vs Feyenoord From the ports of Rotterdam, Feyenoord fans have always considered themselves to be the steely, tough, working-class club of Dutch football, unlike their soft, highfalutin' rivals Ajax from the more salubrious Amsterdam. Although Ajax's trophy hall towers over that of Feyenoord, their fans are quick to defend their title as the real community club of the Netherlands. Number 7. Boca Juniors vs River Plate 
class, geography and style divide Argentina's capital Buenos Aires in the Super Classico. Rivers' wealth and success in the early part of the 20th century earned them the nickname Los Millenarios and the contempt of their working class rivals Boca. Clashes between the two clubs are played out against the backdrop of noise, colour and often violence in the stands. Number 6. Olympiakos versus Panathinaikos The fiercest contest Greece has known since the Trojan War, the rivalry is yet another based on class and culture. Olympiakos hail from the working class ports, while Panathinaikos reside in the more affluent Athens. Tension and violence are never far away when Greece's two most successful clubs meet. Olympiakos' recent dominance of the domestic league has only entrenched the bitterness further, although Panathinaikos do boast the title of being the only Greek side to reach a European Cup final. Number 5. West Ham vs Millwall A rivalry which harkens back to the dark days of English football, the former East End of London neighbours aren't shy about expressing their dislike for one another. Injury, mass disorder and even death cast a long shadow over the fixture. According to the Metropolitan Police, it's the most dangerous fixture in English football. Number 4. Barcelona vs Real Madrid In terms of history and quality, El Clasico is considered by many to be the pinnacle of footballing rivalries. The two biggest clubs in Spain from the two biggest cities. Real the King's Club and Barca representing Catalan nationalism, the fixture has come to define Spanish domestic football. The rivalry is perhaps best summed up by the iconic image of a pig's head being thrown at former Barca player Luis Figo after he made the switch to the Galacticos. Number 3. Roma vs Lazio The Derby della Capitale is the only one on our list to take place in a shared stadium, but there's no brotherly love between these two clubs. The Italian capital is invariably covered in a cloud of smoke and hatred when these two meet. The fixture has been marred by decades of violence, racist abuse, rioting and death. Number 2. Fenerbahce vs Galatasaray the Intercontinental Derby sees two of Turkey's most successful clubs, Fenerbahce from the Asian part of Istanbul and Galatasaray from the European part of Istanbul, go head-to-head -head in a fixture tied up in racism, violence and murder, a fire that was only soaked further by Graham Souness's infamous contribution in 1996. Number 1. Celtic vs Rangers The old firm derby is deeply rooted in history and represents not just the bitter sectarian divide in Glasgow but also incorporates the complex issue of national identity and social ideology. Not just as simple as Catholic Celtic vs Protestant Rangers, the hostility between the two sets of supporters is notorious around the world. According to Paolo Di Canio, you could take all the derby matches in the world and put them together and they still wouldn't equal one millionth of the old firm. So no Bowes Rovers then? No Bowes Rovers. That's, <laughs> not, that's the worst list ever. Isn't it? There's three or four definitely, maybe five that definitely deserve it. But I suppose Liverpool Everton is technically the oh, it's the friendly derby. Now it's not friendly for the last 10, 15 years because it's literally been dominated by Liverpool. And of course, it's like Liverpool United. They never had the rivalry. But once the power was changed, then it got nasty. Yeah, You know what I mean? Not that it was never a thing. But there, I think a lot of those derbies there, it's... It, there's a... A bubbling behind it. Yeah, in it's the more of a, a class thing. If you isn't look it? at if you look at Everton and Liverpool, there can all be same. friends yeah, in the city. Same. You know, Manchester City, Manchester United. There's no one actually threatening anyone or anything like that. Millwall, West Ham. That's it, just who's the hardest firm. Who has the firm? Yeah. yeah so the, there, yeah, my Green Street. Yeah. GSC, GSC. <laughs> 
all right. Oi, oi, <laughs> you bloody journo. So, uh, yeah, you can understand them. Like we, or it was class. It seems to be the, the posh club against the working class club. Yeah. Pretty much most of them there. Yeah, that was interesting. Or obviously sectarianism, obviously. Which the Galatasaray, Fernabachi. I've never thought of the, the... The Arab versus the European. Yeah. Because yeah, obviously Turkey's right in the, right in the, right the door. Right bang in the middle, yeah. And of course, yeah, I always remember seeing us. As we, as we said, what listen to that. I have no idea what he did at Galatasaray. I don't think he did that well, but no. he's a hero over there for running halfway across the pitch with a big flag and st- I think he did it on the Galatasaray side after they won I'm not, I can't remember the exact story but it doesn't matter it's that is gold for somebody like them and of course this would have been in the height of I know maybe it was just after but remember Galatasaray you know they played each other a couple of times yeah. the welcome to hell yeah. so we kind of know what kind of fans they're like and back then it would have been seriously seriously like uh, partisan well and I mean you look at the and Real Madrid and, and Barcelona you can, you can Jesus, think, oh, well, that's an absolute two, hornet's nest. They, don't, they hate each other. They're they two separate nations, technically, and it's not trying to be modern and political. That's the way it is. Barcelona see themselves, and they've always seen themselves yeah. as we're, we're different to the rest and we're on our own. It shows and you how slack security was back then. When the pig's head, that was brilliant. Yeah. But I don't know if it was the Milan derby. Like, Milan never got mentioned even there. But I don't know if it was the, Mil- the actual Milan derby. But I always remember the story. Uh, it was an in- Inter Milan fans. They, their uh, ultras threw a moped from the top tier to the San Siro one year. Did they? A moped. <laughs> like, I think we even mentioned security. Oh, yeah, because Neil prop. Yeah, <laughs> Something yeah. non-sporty yeah, there yeah, for yeah. a New Year's but Yeah, enjoy that bit. <laughs> <laughs> How do you explain getting a moped into a, a, a ground? Ah, oh, my legs are banjo. The lads are going to push me up here. And how do you throw it? I mean, it must have fell down on people. <laughs> I have no idea. It couldn't have fell on the This pitch. would have been pre-kind of recording phones and stuff, but I, rem- I always remember reading on World Soccer 1 and he's going, what? explain this in a million different ways how that happened you know but um, anyone else missing there I suppose no one really not really anything with Ireland v England in any sport tiddlywinks yeah, that, yeah that's a derby but again we're, 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 gone, we're a very friendly nation now you know like, yeah. I mean, we'll still course, have that yeah. rivalry but yeah, there's yeah. no hatred really no, now it's all, no. that's all brushed aside we like so. to, be, to beat our we're not, not brothers but we like to are big neighbours yeah you know and yeah. that's the way it is yeah. but uh, I'm trying to think is anyone missing like not really you know there's, there's not really obviously the Milan derby was missing um, and obviously the two derbies that are on today were missing well let's go on to the two derbies today so yeah. the first game Mersey derby first Mersey derby um, you know realistically if you're really pushed you're going to go yeah Liverpool are going to win this but you know the Allardyce factor brand new good win last week it's in Anfield you never know frustrate the pants off Liverpool and as the longer it stays nil all Liverpool will make a mistake Liverpool will give them chances you just didn't Everton get a clean sheet in the Europa League yeah with and absolutely nobody in the team and no manager there either he, oh, was he not there no he wasn't there he had some appointment he had to go to a doctor appointment or something like that probably had so to go off to Dubai and do another one of them jollies he didn't get clean sheets and he's not there was David Unsworth still the gaffer? I'm not sure who it was. Yeah. No, it, might, no, it could sure. have been one of his all-star group. No, it could have been Sammy Lee or, or and Shakespeare. Shakespeare and yeah. I think even John Carver's there. Stay with me. It's your sister. <laughs> <laughs> Coffee kicked in there. Yeah. So, but, um, yeah, so I think there is definitely going to be, it's a different Everton now. Yeah. It's not the same Everton that was there for the last six, five months or four But it just goes to show you, like, and it's, it is a natural thing and it does last for a couple of games, whether he's good or not. You do get that 
lift in your performances because oh, the new boss in town I better get my finger you're going to get an extra and after a couple of games they go right this guy's an idiot I'm going to go back to normal or yeah I love him I'm going to do everything for him Yeah, but so they're definitely going to have that natural lift of a new gaffer so they're going to have to perform so it could be a tastier game than what it would have been if Unsworth was still the manager yeah um, it'll be certainly a lot more high paced from everything yeah. it'll be a bit more physical as they've you, no choice said, Liverpool are just a juggernaut going will, forward at the moment will, will there be more of a direct route absolutely yeah to try and get away from the front four as much as possible they'll yeah. probably as soon as we get the ball let's get away from the so when I'm, I've no problem with that when Liverpool defend when they try to press teams I don't think they'll be able to do it because the ball will be going long anyhow mm. so they won't be, probably won't be able to get on them quick enough so it's going to be interesting to see how Liverpool defend Correct. it could ball. be a very interesting game I for one hopefully it's easy and it's not too much stressful but it could be one of them very interesting games at a push I think we both like with knowledge wise and form you'd probably say Liverpool but it's definitely one of them it's not, it's not as clear cut as you think now what's his name Coutinho oh yeah had a good midweek. The rumours coming out again, obviously, rumors yeah. Well, ha- they have that they to. have to. But it's almost like, because I think he's even put out a soundbite or two where people are, you know, he can't say anything now. But they're going, oh, 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 that's another hint. He's going, he's going. So anyway, you have... Well, we have... There's no reason to sell Coutinho. They had uh, Ricky Lambert on. And uh, we'll just have a listen, listen, listen to Ricky. I was confident that he was going to be okay um, and get on with. Like yeah. you said, he's a lovely lad. He just gets on with his football. It means the world to him. Um, and he, he's give everything for, for Liverpool. Yeah. Give everything. And um, I would have I would have been gutted if he left, but I would have appreciated everything he gave to the yeah. club. Uh, the fact that he stayed, I cannot understand any reason for him, for us uh, for Liverpool to sell him in January? That does not make sense. But you can understand what he's been through because obviously you know when Liverpool came for you from Southampton, given where you'd come from, you know yeah. in, in the lower leagues and at the point in your career when that magical move happened for I'm, you. Yeah, I'm probably going to get a little bit of stick for this, but I think Liverpool should have um, let him go. If yeah. he has to go, I know it was late in the transfer window and I can understand why we kept on hold of him um, but if he's made the effort to come out and say he wants to go mm. everything that he's done for the club I would have I, I thought he would have he yeah. would have been allowed to go Ricky <laughs> <laughs> um, he's going to go isn't he um, he's definitely going to go whether it's January or the summer he's definitely going to go one for himself he's been phenomenal for us but he's a Brazilian he doesn't have the toys he's not a, a grown up yeah we've made him but that doesn't mean we own him do you know what I mean and these we have to remember any of these foreign lads come in enjoy them for as long as they're there because there's every chance they want to go when they're kids in the slums of Brazil I'm not saying he was but their dream is your Barces and Reals and these big clubs like Liverpool is not and we're not that big club anymore he might have heard of them but well, that's what I was going to say to you what does it say about Liverpool if he does leave I'll be huge like he is our little magic man like uh, we only talked about uh, the other day like what Spurs are missing you know like Ericsson technically is that guy but he, I don't think he has the beat and the players quality that Coutinho has I think he has everything bar the, ab- the ability to consistently beat players the way Coutinho does and when Liverpool our biggest weakness is that park the bus having somebody like him is huge when there's so many around and he can do that little movement to break that first line if he does that then Liverpool are dangerous because the, the front four are just so... Look, if it's four on four, there's only mostly there's only one winner. This clip, 
I didn't know, but you told me it's, it's Jan, yeah. Jan Arga It's actually Jan Arga Fjortoft of uh, the airplane celebrating Norwegian centre forward for Swindon. Swindon, that's yeah. what it was. And he's obviously doing media work. Yeah, now, with some European TV, yeah. They had uh, an interview with... After the hatcher, Carragher and Coutinho. Carragher was there in the tunnel. After the midweek game. Well, there is a rule in football that your language getting better and better the more goals you score. And today, congratulations. Three goals. Uh, just talk us through the game. Thank you. Yeah. Yes, it was a good game. The team played very well. Yeah, I think we deserve uh, the result. And so we're in the next round. They put you on the left side from the start, the, the, the manager did. How, how did that influence your game? No, I, I like I always say, I enjoy to play in the left side or right side, doesn't matter. Uh, I think uh, I have to do what he asks in the position, and I think everyone did well. And well done. Is that uh, how many hat tricks have you done in your career? Is that your most important one? For sure, yeah. In Champions League, uh, I think it's my first one. <laughs> I, I scored one hat trick with Brazil, uh, with the Brazil, but uh, this is important as well. How important is this guy from Liverpool, uh, Jamie? When you're calling now, uh, it's, it's probably Barcelona. It's, it's Barcelona. Oh, he's staying. <laughs> no, listen. I mean, I think the great thing for Philip, for for Liverpool, also is getting to the knockout stage of the the Champions League, and a player of this quality has to be playing in knockout stage. Hopefully, that gets to quarterfinals, semi-finals. Hopefully, final. Anything you can think of, but a player of that quality has has to be there. Now, does he get more scouts because he's actually up in Liverpool there? Yeah, has to, has to. He's not half as bad on a Monday night. Now, everything that Jamie Carrick's, uh, Carragher said yeah. there is correct, but. I'm looking at Coutinho there. He has a he has a Barcelona head in him. Listen, he just as soon as everything, he, si- everything sits right for him for Barcelona. As soon it? as he, I've said it for the last, I don't know how long he's there, but say the last three seasons when he started to show the year before Liverpool could have should have won the won the league. Like they signed him. It might have been that January, but literally near the end of that season, Liverpool showed their hand. So them nearly winning the league the year after it was no surprise because they played like that for four or five months. They started to click. And he was one of them. And literally, it might have been then or it might have been early into that season. But straight away, I started to say, yeah, he's a Barcelona player. All day long, he's a Barcelona player. And there's no shock now. But it's the money. It's as much as these players go, and even at United and even at City, they'll still go. But when that money is being bandied, it's one of them you can't not take it. Especially when you know what you really need. January or summer? Preferably summer. So we can get a decent run in the Champions League. which, Which will the club do that? Personally, because they didn't let him go, I think they'll last till summer. I genuinely do. Purely because, well, they should have got rid of him. After that hat-trick and the performance he put in. Might come near impossible. It's after putting up the But he can't play in the Champions League for Barcelona. No, he can't. So that's why he might go, right, I'll finish this to the summer. But they could do a pre-deal. Well, I don't know, he's out of contract. But they can do a, all right, he's signed, but he's not going till the summer. Maybe. Uh, Because everyone else is going to be coming in around. PSG are going to sniff around. And even Real Madrid might sniff around. More or less. He's going to go. I think, yeah. Like, and he kind of wants to go already. And listen, I have an issue with it. He's been incredible for them. And it was one of them, enjoy the ride while it lasts. And the longer it stays, the better. And if he goes, it's terrible. But at the same time. Is that, does that mean Liverpool are, I suppose, everyone's second here to Barcelona? Well, well, of course we are. Of course we are to them. Without a shadow of a doubt, you know. If he went to a United or City, you'd be spitting Good. blood. Yeah. But... <sighs> Because he's foreign, if he was British, you're like, oh, maybe we, look, we might do a Steven Jared pulling his heartstrings and yeah, keep him. Yeah, yeah. But these foreign lads, they've done their time. He's he's actually been really good for us. 
somebody like a Barcelona Real, they always turn their heads. And that's what they would have been dreaming about in Brazil. Manchester Derby. Um, a very if personally, it's born. It's very like the uh, the Liverpool Everton analysis for me. It's very much like yeah, go and put your head. You'll say City all day, but you know Mourinho is the master technician. Tactician, park the bus or no park the bus. I don't really care. He might shock you a little bit and be a little bit more adventurous, but everyone's going to expect it. So don't think it's going to be as obvious as that. I see in a interview between Gary Neville and Pep Guardiola, and Neville was basically saying you do understand that this game is going to be a lot more physical than yeah. and Guardiola straight away was yeah I know I've seen so he's he's, so he's white he, to it he well. knows and he says um, Mourinho that's that's Mourinho that's his tactics that's his thing he, he, but he, when you he, think about it well, preparing three year, two or three seasons in Spain this is the second season he, he knows they him. know each other and, he, and they do know each other um, at a push yeah you'd expect City but you just uh, two one nil wins for the other teams won't be a surprise but deep down you expect City but United and in the big games they did it at Liverpool they sucked the life out of it and rightly or wrongly who cares they, they got the they got the result there's no reason why they can't do it again today but Pogba is a massive miss goals wise it'll be a massive miss for them it's huge because he's the one who so leads. the best they could probably go with, not best but nil all is a chance as much as Graham Sunas destroys <laughs> He he detests Pogba in he's every, no brain in every sense. Something a, along them lines, wasn't he? He, he basically said he's brainless. Yeah, he's not a midfielder. Basically, he doesn't right. have an understanding. Or basically, he's just saying, yeah, he's an idiot. No, not, not saying he's an idiot. No. but ba- saying he's not a midfielder. He, like people say, he's a world class mm. midfielder, and he's saying he's not a midfielder. You can't be a midfielder if you only do the job in mm. one direction. Yeah. So, and I te- I tend to agree with him, but yeah. he is a very he, he does link up midfield. To yeah. you know goals, mm. he, he does. He links it up well, and, and United do struggle without him. Now, Man City have and are blessed mm. with an unbelievable striker in Sergio mm. Aguero, mm. and a Jesus then to back him and up, and a Jesus to back him up, and Aguero, he natural goal scorer. That's mm. you know you give him the ball, Lukaku is score. not. Well, let's have a listen. And we'll, have, we'll, we'll talk finish about this bad boy. Do you yeah. think he is a natural goal scorer in the way that you were, the, the way that Harry Kane is, the way that Michael Owen was, that the Gary Lineker was? No. Do, you, do you take my point? I take your point and I, and I agree with it 100%. I think the ones you've mentioned there, but you know, particularly Lineker and Owen and, and, and indeed Harry Kane at Tottenham, they are completely natural goal scorers. Whereas I think Lukaku, to be fair to him, has got the, the ability and potential to score goals that the other three possibly can't score. I take that point. But I think if you're talk, talking about real natural goal-scoring instinct and ability to finish and put the ball in the back of the net, these three that you mentioned are different. It takes, you know, different strengths and weakness to, to play up front. And as I say, if you want somebody up front who's a real powerhouse, again, at somewhere like, you know, the, the Emirates Stadium, to get up the park, to hold the ball up, to give your defenders in midfield a rest, to win your throw-in, you know, near the opposition goal, to win your free kick, Lukaku's absolutely perfect for that. Aye. So there's McCoy's talking about uh, Lukaku and he's saying he's not a natural goal scorer. Is that a bit unfair? Um, you'd have to say yes because you can easily go, well, I, I, he broke, t- I think he, he broke 20 goals with uh, yeah, Everton. Yeah. Something Michael Owen didn't do and he's a natural goal scorer. Yeah. Allegedly. Yeah. You know, I think he is. Obviously he was. But um, there's a big difference now. Everything, everything was centred around 
Lukaku at Everton because that's what they had to do. While at, Liverpool, while at United, it's not, and hence, oh, he's not scoring as many goals now. He's not. Well, but that's because not every ball within thirty yards is pumped up to Lukaku because everything was fed to him. Like when uh, Benteke at Villa, he was this great goal scorer for, because everything was fed to him. That was their ploy. Then he goes to Liverpool and he's told to play a footballing game, and obviously he's useless. He's not. They're yeah. just not playing to his strengths. I think, uh, from my point of view, it's it's short term journalism because yeah. it's been, he's had a five week. Maybe six weeks, oh, yeah, five week spell, period yeah. where he's had a dry spell. Before that, he was banging the goals in, and people were talking about how brilliant the. B- and the other factor is Latan's floating around again, and Latan's. And I, I, this guy could prefer him more. Oh, let's slip him back in, and another another young millennial we can get rid of. Look, they're useless. It's not. It's just he's the type of player, and the type of player he is. He's, he's bloody good at it, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. Yes, technically not the fox in the box natural goal scorer, but. That's all it is. This natural goal scorer, basically what he means is a fox in the box, the, the Gary Lineker job. Yeah. But, that, but no. he's, as you said, he scores, he scores goals forever. But what he, he could do is, goals. he's this bit of a bull bat, battering ram in the middle to free up the new modern way of playing football, the, the jinky, wiry wingers that come in and grab the goals just as much as the striker. Yeah. Like it's like a front three or a front four, like, you know, the way Liverpool's and City's and even United to away with your Martial's and Rashford's and stuff, it's kind of not really all down to him. So it is a bit, as you said, a bit lazy going, oh, well, he's a striker, he's not getting enough goals. Andy Cole, Newcastle legend, oh, yeah. Manchester United legend, mm. banged loads of goals in, people would call him a natural goal scorer. Yeah. But I remember watching Andy Cole playing football for Manchester United and to score one goal it could have taken him seven or yeah, eight chances. Yeah, he missed just as much. So. But I, I'm, I'm sure the same could be said even of the likes of Ali McCoyst and your owns and all that. It's just they keep knocking on the door. They keep hanging around. They, they, they read the situation. This is the best spot. If the ball lands here, I'm going to score. And then if it doesn't, oh geez, he was brutal today. But if you watch him, like, that's the way it is. Listen, that's the beauty of this and that's why sports shows like this happen because this brilliant thing yeah. called opinion. None of us are right, but we have a bit of substance behind everything, if you know what I mean. That's why the whole matter of opinion, yeah. that's why sport is so. And, and such I think a big this thing. is why a lot of managers get sacked because of, of the, the, oh, the, media, say, yeah. the media. It's as I said, short term. He can get a pace, yeah. He can so get a pace. Easy. Oh, look, he's not a natural goal scorer. Oh, he's not able for the job. And then everyone picks up on it. And, and then, then we jump o- on owners, it. Owners uh, uh, panic. And then fans jump on it. And then they don't step back and look at the, the real yeah. stats. And then know? fans jump on it. And once they jump on it, then it's like, oh, we're losing money here. It's time to go. You know, so uh, yeah, so deep down, Liverpool, Everton, oh, who's yeah, going to win both games? Uh, nil nil, uh, Merseyside Derby, <laughs> Man City two one. I whatever I yeah I agree with the City one potentially, but I think with Liverpool the way it is, I think it's near impossible for a nil. I'll draw. I tell you that'd be great odds. Yeah, there you go. That could be your tip of the day, mate. If that pulls off, that is big bucks. Anyway, we're going to go to a break and we'll be back. Good old Boston's finest dropkick Murphy's with the seasons upon us. Ha ha. You. Eighteen to one nil all. Yeah, yeah. That's quite high, I think, for a nil all, isn't it? But it is because it's. That's probably it's good. It's probably unlikely, but I just have that feeling that the way Allardyce is going to set up and all that sort of stuff. Why not? Why not? Anyway, just to finish on the derby, because yeah, typically we waffled on for far too long, uh, and (laughs) we set this one up. ESPN thirty for thirty. We bring this up quite a lot. Literally, 
we all look the look on the internet and we use all these channels this that and the other you love your sports documentaries but the American ones are always the best because it's warts and all everything comes out ESPN 30 for 30 type in War Eagle Roll Tide now Celtic and Rangers and all these guys and they're all hatreds and this that and the other this one is they'll claim it to be just as bad this is Rednecks at, at their best this is Auburn versus Alabama and I'm telling you now they hate each other yeah um, this, this one is it's a little minute 30 clip of basically it's a trailer for the actual documentary so it gives you a little background up behind them but like one or two of them they'd be couples they're actually Auburn and Roll Eagle but when one of them says Roll Eagle the other one's like oh my god you're so embarrassing and then there's others who you can see their hatreds but we'll come back to its name is uh, Al Updike in a minute but this is the intro to War Eagle Roll Tide ESPN 30 for 30 Stadium screaming, roll, tide, roll, baby. I'm gonna do a fairly smooth war eagle. War eagle. Now, let me tell you what roll tide means and where it was originated. It was a great big tidal wave, had this strength that was very fearful to everybody who saw it. Now, in 1892, the old eagle started flying around the field. And the Auburn people looked up and said, War Eagle. When you wear the AU on your chest, I can promise you if there's another Auburn person that you don't know, you will hear. War Eagle. <laughs> they're not actually even an eagle, they're a tiger. So I don't know what War Eagle means, but I hate it. Well, of course, that's the enemy's slogan and chant, but I don't hear that from any friend of mine because I don't have any friend that went to Auburn. <laughs> about going to Auburn. No. As far as the best athlete to ever come out of the University of Auburn, it's Charles Barkley. Bowles number two uh, behind myself. Oringo! Hey! I can't do that. <laughs> Roll Tide! Oh my gosh. So embarrassed. Roll damn Tide. There you go, the roll damn tide, the famous, the famous Harvey Updike, which I'll tell you now in a minute. That's uh, it's good, healthy rivalry, isn't it? It is. This is proper rivalry. Obviously, the documentary is outstanding. It's proper. Oh, jeez. Actually, I think that's it's trying to get make its way in there. This is good old fashioned neighbourly. Probably I don't know how far. Like it's probably neighbourly. It could be hundred miles away because the, yeah. the country's so big. But this is proper country football where Jesus they hate each other like it's like it's nobody's business. But that guy at the end, Roll Damn Tide, that said it real ominous was Harvey Updike, an Uber Alabama fan, and there's a famous uh, corner called Toomer's Corner in Auburn and whenever they win anything they go to the corner it's right on the middle of the main street that leads to the campus and Toomer's uh, corner where there's a couple of big trees and they throw all the paper on it and decorate it and they just go bananas still all hours of the day but Harvey Updike got it in his head that they did something yeah Coach Bryant a very famous coach for Alabama I think died and apparently he taught you'll hear it in the little clip it's actually it's not Harvey Updike on the phone it's Al but it's actually Harvey Updike I'll go into it a little bit more afterwards but this is him calling into a radio station afterwards to admit to something that he did to the famous corner and the famous trees uh, Tumor's Corner but uh, yeah this is uh, as we say in inverted commas this is Al ringing into a radio station Al is in Dadeville, Alabama hey Al <coughs> Hey, Paul, how you doing? Well, thanks. 
um, when Bear Bryant died, I was living in Texas, and I really didn't understand the Alabama-Auburn rivalry. Uh, but a good friend of mine that lived in uh, Birmingham sent me a copy of the newspaper showing the uh, Auburn students rolling Tumor's Corner celebrating Bryant's death. Now stop, 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 stop. I, 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 even though I know what you just got through saying and even though I know you're quoting from a newspaper, I, I just have the most difficult time ever believing that Auburn students rolled Tumor's Corner when the news broke that Coach Bryant died. Does anyone else remember that? I don't. Do you want me to send you a copy of the I still have a newspaper clipping. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of awkward here because I'm not doubting your, your truthfulness. I'm just, are, are, are you guys in the other room in as much shock as I am? That, that, that is just one of the most shocking things I've ever heard. I, I, do, I do not want to believe that is true. Okay, let me finish my story. Okay. This year I was at the uh, Iron Bowl. There's no way that could be true. Well, okay. This year, I was at the Iron Bowl. Okay. And I saw where they put a Scam Newton jersey on Bear Bryant's statue. Okay. I mean, again, that's 28 years later. Okay. Well, let me tell you what I did. The weekend after the Iron Bowl, I went to Auburn, Alabama, because I lived 30 miles away, sure. and I poisoned the two tumors trees. <laughs> okay. Well, that's fair. I put Spike 80 DF in them. Did they die? Do what? Did they die? They're not dead yet, but they they, will they, they, they definitely will die. Is that against the, the, the law to poison a tree? Well, do you think I care? No. Okay, I really don't. Hey, and you can tell Tammy, I hope, never mind. Okay. Roll down tide. <laughs> Roll damn tide. Does that sound familiar? <laughs> yeah. Basically, I'll, um, through the power of triangulations and phone records got a knock on the door a couple of hours later um, basically Tumor's Corner yeah allegedly Coach Bear Bryant is uh, Alabama's famous it's there Alex Ferguson basically right. and as I said they throw the papers on Tumor's Corner's trees and allegedly they went down because they do all the big celebrations and allegedly when he died they did it as well and as the radio commentator said no 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 not buying that but your man did it he's seen it living alone near Alabama go, or near Auburn going I know what I'm going to do so anyway five years ago the young time he did do it um, they looked into it and yeah it was a kind of a slow death of the trees Oh, and they did die um, and eventually they were failed they've been reborn but I'm trying to get the little bit yeah police traced the phone records to Updike he was then arrested and charged with one count of first degree criminal mischief and in 2013, he pleaded guilty to criminal damage. Um, his sentence required him to serve at least six months in jail. Jeez. Uh, and spent five years in supervised probation for the Class C family. He's also banned from entering Auburn University. He was also fined $800,000. Um, and according to the Auburn Plainsman, uh, he has only paid a grand total of $99 as of September 2014. No way. <laughs> uh, and... <laughs> Upon his release in 2013, Andrew Stanley said, Updike had one request. He wanted a banana. And he got one. Right. And that's it. So there you go. So there is new trees up, new trees planted, and the whole shebang. It shows but, um, you let people go just yeah. for sport. Just a bit of fanaticism just went a bit too far. Um, I think we, what we do, we go to a break, I think. Will we? Yeah, sure. And um, when, we, when we come back, we have a uh, footballing story and uh, our, our last story, and then we'll be out. Yeah, good luck. Once 
lose your way to get back home. Won't lose your way to get back home. That's just going to be a, a, even though there's no mention of Christmas or anything like that. Just because it's in the ad, yeah, yeah, uh, it's going to be a Christmas. But is it one of the one exceptions to your rule, Olivia? That's just a great song. Yeah, it's you can't help song. it. Don't um, buzz in If that's not the way it's going, well done, because uh, that's me little one's favourite at the minute. Oh, is it? Uh, right, that better be a nod. That better be a text from her else because she hasn't <laughs> been listening the last week or two. Why? We had a great show last week. I said you would have loved it, especially in the Christmassy presents and this, that, and the other. Uh, I said. Say no more. Say no more. I wouldn't talk to her for now. We're down to nine listeners. I now. said I played. <laughs> <laughs> Take away, my friend. Okay, uh, here is a football story. That was easy. Tell us your snake story, as you've mentioned snakes. <laughs> oh. Come on, as you mentioned snakes, everybody deserves to hear the Mark Burts from Snake story. <laughs> it was a game for Canada, and uh, the lads all chipped in to fly me over because. Well, they wanted me there, to be honest. And well, I got there, my flight was a late flight. I got there about one in the morning and I walked into my room and everything was upside down. The bed, the TV, wardrobe. So they thought that was funny. You thought you were in Australia? <laughs> 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 so next day we was out in the shopping mall, me and Jim Brennan and teammate. We walked past the pet shop and there was a, uh, I think it was about a 25-foot python for sale. And so he said, come on, Jim, we'll buy it. And he's going, what, what do we do with a python? Oh, we think it, we'll do something with it. <laughs> so I went in there. Uh, <laughs> went in there, it was easy. It was like buying a shirt. There was no, just, uh, there's $250 it was, bought it, took it back. And then when we went back to the hotel, the lads were playing cards in the room. So we went in there and said, yeah, hi, last night was really funny, brilliant, turning my room over. And I threw the python on the floor. And Paul Stoltieri ter- at the time was playing for Tottenham. And he went, ah, oh, look, it's a toy snake. And he went over there and it sort of like reared up a bit. And he literally screamed like a girl and jumped on top of his wardrobe crying. <laughs> and there were six in the room and they wouldn't move. So it was right by the doorway. So we shut the, shut the door and then so they missed the team lunch and meeting. They was ringing, they was ringing downstairs saying, there's a snake in my room. Oh, yeah, yeah, nice one. <laughs> and, that, and, and they was in there for two hours. So went back up there to get it and we put it back in the box. And brilliant joke, but then where do you keep a python in the hotel? <laughs> so we didn't know where to keep it. So in my bathroom downstairs, because I was on crutches in the disabled bit, it, we kept all the kit in there, Canada. Top Nation kept their kit room in my uh, all their kits and stuff in the bathroom. So put the snake in there. I'm thinking, the snakes need to be cold or hot. I'm not really sure. So I run a bath, run a bath, and kept the snake on the bathroom floor. So I thought, it's got options. <laughs> cool or hot. So I left it there, and then uh, a day he was fed a rat before we brought him, so it weren't cool. So right, so he's there, and then so he's in the bathroom, and then the kit man come out, uh, come in my room and said, "Oh, Bert, I'm just going to get the, the balls and, and the bibs, no problem." And then I forgot about the snake in the bathroom, and because the snake was cold, he was under the ball bag, and he's picked up the bag of balls and seen the snake. And all I see was the kit man was quite old; he's like 65, backing out the room, holding his chest. <laughs> And he had like a semi art tape. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I pissed myself as well. If you find a snake under your ball bag, you're going to have So he's backed up, so we got medical attention and everything. And, and the, the snake was our mascot. We had a few games of taking into games, and then he kept, he kept attacking the lads. <laughs> 
<laughs> bit off putting in the half time team talk, I've got to be honest. It's a so, snake, it's not. I'm yeah. not Helen Emu. Yeah, but they had a mascot, they had some sort of American eagle. So we had a live snake, much better. <laughs> and then, so we thought we'd better take it back, and then we got half our money back, so that was a bonus. <laughs> <laughs> So that's uh, Mark Birch. I'm sorry, I should have said that. Footballers are clever, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> uh, used to play QPR Millwall and Canada, who yeah. he was with. But uh, that's ah, that's a cracking story, and there's loads. It's like the fa- straight away. I thought the Gaza one was it the emu, or what did he bring? An ostrich or something? Was it? I don't know. He tried to fit it into this tiny car and spent all. He said that the worst thing about the prank was he, trying to get it back into the car five hours later. Like and gave it back into your man. He goes, "Do you want it now tomorrow? I've got an alligator." And he goes, "No, I'm done now, mate." You know, he had this exotic pet or It's it's just cause and. and also reminds me remember any given Sunday and there was the rocker guys like the heavy metalers and then the kind of the R&B lads the kind of the hip hop crew yeah, and yeah. Uh, the, uh, the rockers are in the shower and next to me one of the lads just throws in a little small alligator like it goes to show you stuff like that does happen yeah it's mad um, now, 20 years 20 years ago listen this is coming in just for no other reason and I seen it the other day and it just takes you back and it's a bit of a feel good story and I suppose you know we, you can never get away from Ireland, can't we? No, we just can't. No. Clinging on to any success. Exactly. But Malaysia 1997, the whole crew, sadly, apart from Noel O'Reilly, um, met together there quite recently and had a bit of a dinner to the, in a Dublin hotel. And they were all there. And the guy from RT, it's, it, there's a big section on RT website at the moment. Go in and have a look at it. There's, it's a fantastic story. And it goes through basically a whole tournament. Everyone giving their little sound bites but then there's other bits like photos and stuff how did they finish in that tournament uh, we came toward, toward we right. came toward we beat Ghana who at the time which reading the story technically they were like world champions because they won that group won the under 17 title two years previously this is the under 20 World Cup so they were in our group and they bet us in the very first game and then we ended up taking them on again in the Tour 4 place playoff and we'd done a job on them and yeah. we came toward but we came up against in the knockout stages Morocco was one of them but then it was Spain so no doubt they would have had a few decent players who yeah. obviously went on to professionalism then they had Argentina and we were unlucky now we were up against it because I think I think the stat says in the in the article 10 players made it into the international the first team international team for Argentina um, but the big stars would have been Raquel May Pablo Aymar all these guys and yeah. they were up against yeah. Trevor Malloy and Glenn Crow. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it just goes to show you what we were up against. Um, the only big name was Damien Duff. Now, uh, we had two internationals because uh, there's a guy who I know, John Crow. It's Glenn Crow. Uh, he got a cap, obviously. I think it was under Brian Kerr, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. Yeah, he just got the one cap. So technically we had two, but really we only had one. But it was just a great look back on something that was pretty special for us. And it was a special two years because I think after that we went on to win the two European Championships. Yeah. Um, at under 17 and 19, and 19 yeah. but basically um, change changes in eligibility basically FIFA allowed for 8 more months so they were able to get into like Robbie Ryan Thomas Morgan and Neil Fenn and you're like who are they but in fairness they were quite well known Neil Fenn was a decent player and Duff actually says in a quote in the, in the paper he's the best touch of any player I've ever played with no way and he, Duff he has played with a few Spores And then he, was, he, he finished up it, yeah. At the likes of Cork City And stuff yeah. like that Because there's a Where are they now Which is the most important one I want to go to But it's just this It's in big green Now it's further down But it's this big huge green quote From I don't even know who it is At the moment I need to run down the story But here's the quote And this is what you kind of go You'd like to see a bit of this In the modern team But it's When we had the ball It was about keeping possession And trying to find a green short To link up with And not to be afraid To do your own thing they had all that little bit of freedom to take players on. 
to try and come up with something because they were very good individual players with that type of skill. Who's, who's, whose quote is that? I'm trying to... It, it says it further down because it's it kind of sets up the, the piece. Okay. So it's actually one of the players. And I'm trying to find the game plan, the game plan. Who says it? Thomas Morgan. Okay. Who ended up playing with Pats. Yeah. And I'm not being disrespectful to any of the boys, but they didn't, they didn't make it pretty yeah, much, apart from yeah, Duff. Yeah, yeah. So, yes, they were good then. But this is 17-year-olds, 18, 19-year-olds. And that was the attitude that was given to them. Now... The attitude of our current Premier League stars, they don't get that luxury. No, and if they did, we, we may be yeah. a better unit than we are. I wouldn't say we're going to be more successful, but we'd, we'd be happier watching them, let's yeah. face it. Yeah. Yeah. But it was just an incredible clip. Now, I'm going to finish on that bit there in that sense, but it's just, it's the where are they now? This is the one, because we can go through the whole 18 and see if you know any of them. Goalkeeper, Derek O'Connor. No. Yeah, exactly. He got a bit of a, a lot of them ended up on the books and had a few years and, and either disappeared into full-time jobs okay, elsewhere the League of or League of Ireland. But there you go. Derek O'Connor was the goalkeeper. Paul Whelan. No. Exactly. And, and no disrespect to the boys, but it's mad some of them. David Worrell. Yes, I remember Yeah, him. he was a fullback. Same yeah, thing. Good yeah. few, few years and then petered away. Um, David Whittle. No. Yeah, exactly. Then you have Robbie Ryan. He played left-back for Millwall in the cup final. Remember the one where Ronaldo... Yeah, came to the fore. He was playing in that one, was he? Yeah, so he's somebody who had a half decent career and went on. He kind of had a decent career in England, and eventually. So gen- of, generally, most of the players yeah. made. He's now working on the London Underground, and he says he hasn't looked back. Okay, you know, uh, Colin Hawkins. We actually know him yeah, quite well. I think he ended yeah. up at Borough, yeah. and then obviously back here. And a lot of them, that a lot of them ended up at League of Ireland. Um, I'm just trying to look at names. Uh, there's nobody. Trevor Malloy, Billy Boy. who played with the likes of Bowes and Rovers, and uh, he's a proper character. And I got to know him a little bit because my brother played in the same team as him a few times he's a character he's a mad joke but his son now is playing over in, uh, in college football in America doing quite well for himself right. and because he says like one of the penalties he takes I think in the semi he's like I, I, just, I was thinking of my son going I'm going to do him proud and he buried it but it does show you that even if it's at age mm. it does show you that these players who are, are at a certain level yeah. if you encourage players to go and play football if you, if you don't hold back uh, their natural instincts yeah. in, but in a controlled manner you can you can achieve things, and yeah. I think that's. Uh, I mean, we, it was I think, a perfect storm. I don't know if we're, we we talk about the Irish team too much, but I think yeah, of course. I think when we talk to different people out and you know, yeah, work and out in the street or mm. it's down, you know, you know, in, in the pub situation, mm. even where people are talking about football, everyone knows that Ireland just aren't at that level. Yeah, but we're under- what we'd like we're to underachieving see. in a in a in a, a I suppose. Yeah, and but it's just side of things. they all had that little bit of freedom to take players on to try and come up with something because they were very good individual players yeah. with that type of skill. Now, obviously, we had a bit of magic dust in Duff, which is a massive thing. If we had a Duff now, Ireland could be a completely different prospect, which I suppose is fair. It actually is potentially the type of team we'd like. If we had somebody like a Duff, we could be talking completely different because that's a very ordinary team. Yeah, no disrespect yeah, yeah. to the lads, but they had Duff. We don't have that Duff or Keane or anybody at the yeah. moment. So maybe that's kind of the, the good uh, comparison. But yeah, Noel O'Reilly would have been a big factor as well and who's sadly not with them anymore. And they all mention them yeah, later on when they meet them. But yeah. uh, they still get together. They still have their... All of them are very much in touch with each other. And it's great to see. It just goes to show you outside the coaching crap to just unity and being together what it does and it's Noel O'Reilly with the sing-songs and guitars every yeah, night and they were a band of brothers technically I know it's a bit dramatic but that's the way it was 